0: Fear is a liar, negative thoughts are lies. They tell you that you're not good enough, you're not gonna get through this. So these negative thoughts come in and they sabotage you and your identity of who you are and also of who you wanna be. So first and foremost, to be positive, you have to understand why you're being negative. And you're being negative because you're believing the lies of those negative thoughts. And so when they come in, you're believing them, you're reinforcing them, and now you start saying them to yourself that you didn't say in the first place. It came in, you thought it was from you, and now you reinforce it, you believe it. You feel guilty and beat yourself up for having those thoughts in the first place. And there's so much freedom in knowing those negative thoughts are not coming from you. And you don't have to beat yourself up anymore. Instead, what you do is you learn to speak truth to those lies. And so when the negative thought comes in, you speak truth to it. You talk words of encouragement to it. And the word encourage means to put courage into. And so you put courage into yourself by talking to yourself.
1: I'm Doug Bopes, personal trainer, best selling author, and entrepreneur. And I'm on a mission to help others become the best version of themselves. So I'd like to welcome you to the Adversity Advantage podcast, where we will help you use obstacles, failures, and setbacks to give you that edge needed for success. I'll be interviewing people from all walks of life on how they overcame trials and turned them into triumphs. So please sit back, relax, and get ready to be absolutely blown away by some of the wisdom and stories you're about to hear. Welcome back to another episode of the Adversity Advantage. I'm your host, Doug Bobst, and happy Saturday. And traditionally, I don't release episodes on Saturday. Normally, it's every Monday and Thursday. Uh, But with everything going on right now, and so many people facing hardship and uncertainty, negativity, I wanted to give you all a episode that is going to help get you through the weekend, get you through tough times, and really help you feel more positive about yourself. And there's so many of you right now that are hurting. You're going through, like I said, some tough times. Things like uncertainty, fear, and negativity have taken over, and I get it. And I've been there before and felt that way before. But what I found is that when I stay down for a period of time and focus on what's going wrong in my life, it not only makes things worse, the negativity prevents us from accomplishing the very things that we want, happiness, hope, and harmony. And with that said, there are a few things that you can do right now to shift your mindset and turn your fears into faith, pessimism into optimism, and negativity into positivity. There are many of you whose response to a tough situation is the trigger to sustained hardship. What brings you down and keeps you there isn't the situation in itself, but your response to the situation and your attitude in the recovery phase. Remember, it's okay to feel down, stressed, and negative about whatever happened. What isn't okay is staying there. Overcoming hard times and accepting things out of your comfort zone begins with believing in yourself. Coupling a strong belief system with a positive mindset is a must for turning any setback into a comeback. While it doesn't always guarantee you success, it gives you a stronger chance. As it's incredibly difficult when you're in the thick of it, I called in just the person to give you the tools necessary to become more positive in any situation. His name is John Gordon. John is a husband, father, and author. His best-selling books and talks have inspired readers and audiences around the world. He is the author of books like The Energy Bus, The Carpenter, Training Camp, The Power of Positive Leadership, The Power of a Positive Team, The Coffee Bean, which he co-wrote with my friend Damon West, The Garden, and his latest books, Relationship Grit and The Coffee Bean for Kids. When he's not running around through airports or speaking to businesses, hospitals, or schools, you can find him spending time with his family and taking long walks, which are when he gets most of his ideas. John believes in keeping his bio short because his past accomplishments are meaningless. What matters most is that he says something today that will inspire you to take action tomorrow. This episode is short, sweet, and to the point. And by the end, you will have the exact steps needed to turn any negative situation into a positive one and do what's needed to shift your mindset. So, ladies and gentlemen, let's welcome John Gordon to the Adversity Advantage Podcast. John Gordon, thanks for coming on the podcast. Great to be with you, Doug. Yeah, and you're the guy who I've been following, or one of the many that I've been following for such a long time, read most of your books. You've written over 20 of them, and you're known today as being the guy that helps people become more positive, become more positive leaders, teammates, that sort of thing. And I think a lot of this stemmed from your own negativity and pessimist attitude in your own life. Which inspired you to share your wisdom with so many other people. And a lot of people might not know the backstory. So, talk a bit about like where you were in those moments, what was going on in your life, what your attitude was like, and how you made that shift from being somebody who had such a negative attitude to being where you are today. Well, I often joke that
0: I grew up in a Jewish Italian family. So, a lot of food, a lot of guilt, (laughs) a lot of wine, a lot of whining. So I dealt with a lot of negativity growing up and had a loving family, but just a lot of negativity and then struggled with it when I was around 29, 30 years old in a big way. Lost my job during the dot-com crash when I was 31. So I had a wife, two small children, Mm. really scary time in my life, full of fear, anxiety, stress. My world was caving in and I didn't know how I was going to overcome that. So I was really beaten down. And my wife had had enough of my negativity. She said, I love you, but I'm not going to spend my life with someone who makes me so miserable because I was blaming her for why our life was so bad, why my life was falling apart. It was her fault. And so she had enough. So that was a huge wake up call because she gave me an ultimatum and I had to change. If I didn't change, we we're going to be divorced. And so I said, I want to be more positive. I started to research ways that could be more positive. I prayed to God, God, why am I here? What is my purpose? Why am I so miserable? And it was clear I was miserable because I wasn't living my purpose. And also I wasn't feeding myself with positivity each day. So I began this journey of researching ways that I could be more positive. This was during the emerging field of positive psychology very early on. And I started to practice some of these ideas I was reading about. Started to take a walk of gratitude each day. So each day I would take a walk. I would say what I was thankful for. I read that when you're doing that, you're flooding your brain and body with these positive emotions that uplift you rather than the stress hormones that slowly drain you, create a fertile mind that's ready for great things to happen. And I started doing that. I started doing that. And then from there, that led to a walk of prayer. So gratitude each day would lead into prayer. So I'd practice gratitude, then pray, and it just started to change me from the inside out. So that was really the backstory of how everything just got
1: started. That's incredible because a lot of people, they may have read your books in the last few years. They see your content on social media. Maybe they've heard you speak, listen to your podcast. And, like, there's no way this guy ever was negative with the way he talks, his message, what he tells others. But I think like so many people who do amazing things in this world, there's always an incredible backstory. So thank you so much for sharing that. And one of the things that I think is incredibly powerful and in what you shared is the importance of creating habits, is the importance of having small wins, is the importance of consistency. And I know a lot of what you correlate this to, you you relate it a lot to a garden, which is ironically is the name of one of your books. But I think this analogy is relevant to business. It's relevant to relationships. It's relevant to your mindset. So talk a bit about that analogy of the garden and how it can help people not only become more positive, but live a more meaningful and purposeful life.
0: Your mind is like a garden. And so you have to weed the negative and feed the positive each day. Do it for a day. It won't do a whole lot, but do it for a week. Do it for a month. Do it for a year. Do it for seven years. Do it for over 15 years, like I've been doing it. And that garden starts to look magnificent. It looks amazing. So it's about tending to the garden of your mind and really taking care of it. And as you do, it starts to flourish. And we don't feed the positive enough. We don't weed the negative enough, but the garden of our mind is essential. It's your spirit, it's your soul. The word psyche means soul. And so in so many cases, our mind doesn't need fixing, our soul needs healing. So we have to nurture our soul, We have to nurture our mind. We have to feed our body and brain with things that uplift us, that help us be more positive. And so for me, it's about daily rituals, it's practices, but it's also an understanding that every day is a battle between good and evil. And we've got this evil that wants to sabotage us, that wants to fill us with fear and doubt and negativity. We have to overcome it with good and with God.
1: Mm you're so right. And I think it all comes back to what we're filling our life with too. And I think if we're surrounding ourselves with people that are constantly negative, like you allude to in one of your books, the energy bus, or if you're just watching TV all day and you're eating junk food and not taking care of your body and you're talking to yourself in a negative way over time, you're going to have a really negative mindset and that garden is going to die pretty quickly. But if like you you mentioned, if you be proactive and you're like, all right, I know my, that my mind is like this garden. What would I want to feed a garden to, to grow, right? You want to feed it water, proper soil, that sort of thing. And what kind of things can you do for your mind? So I know that obviously you have this walk of gratitude. I know fitness plays a pivotal role in your life today. The way you eat, who you surround yourself with. And I think a lot of people need to be mindful of this with everything that's going on, especially right now, that where there's a lot we can't control when it comes to the world around us, but there's a lot we can control. So what tips do you have for people who are just having trouble, relinquishing control, they're living in fear, they're living in negativity, and they just can't figure out how to actually let go of the things they can't control and focus on what they can?
0: Well, one, you said it earlier, you said the way we talk to ourselves. And Mm. the thing is, your original negative thoughts do not come from you. People need to understand that. I always ask people all the time, do your thoughts come from you? And they always say, oh yeah, of course they're in my head. The next question is really, who would ever choose to have a negative thought? Would you choose a negative thought? I wouldn't. No, I wouldn't either. No, blows people's mind. So thoughts are always coming in. Fear is a liar. Negative thoughts are lies. They tell you that you're not good enough. You're not gonna get through this. You don't have what it takes. The future is hopeless. It's always gonna be like this. So these negative thoughts come in and they sabotage you and your identity of who you are and also of who you wanna be. Those negative thoughts, which I call distortions, create discouragement and we don't give up because it's hard, we give up because we get discouraged. So you have to understand how the battle is being waged. And I wrote about this in the garden where we have doubt is the first day. We have distortion, those negative thoughts. We have discouragement. We have distractions. Distractions are the enemy of greatness and negative thoughts and then social media and the media and all the fear that you're being bombarded with every day. It's a distraction. And then there's that 50, which is divide. And the word anxious literally means divided. That's Greek root word. And so we have to wonder why there's so much anxiety right now. It's so thick you can cut it with a knife and it's because there's so much division and we feel separate. We feel separate from each other. We feel separate spiritually, feel separate from ourselves. So first and foremost, to be positive, you have to understand why you're being negative and you're being negative because you're believing the lies of those negative thoughts. And so when they come in, you're believing them, you're reinforcing them. And now you start saying them to yourself that you didn't say in the first place. It came in, you thought it was from you and now you reinforce it. You believe it. You feel guilty and beat yourself up for having those thoughts in the first place. And there's so much freedom in knowing those negative thoughts are not coming from you. And you don't have to beat yourself up anymore. Instead, what you do is you learn to speak truth to those lies. And so when the negative thought comes in, you speak truth to it. You talk words of encouragement to it. And the word encourage means to put courage into. And so you put courage into yourself by talking to yourself. You put courage into others by encouraging them. And the world needs more encouragement. Chewy Kathy said, how do, you, how do you know if a man or a woman needs encouragement? And they're breathing. We all need encouragement. So, so for me, it's a daily walk each day of feeding the positive, weeding the negative, understanding those negative thoughts are not coming from you, and then having daily rituals and routines that feed yourself. For me, it's the gratitude walk. At the end of the day, it's focusing on a success journal. Like, What's the one great thing that happened that day? Because every night you had a better a success. You wake up a success. You're now looking for the good. And when you look for the good, what happens? You start to find more of it. What we look for, we find. What we think about starts to show up more in our lives. So you do these routines. I eat a lot of healthy foods. I eat salmon, which is really great for for your brain. And research shows that people eat salmon and wild salmon, healthy dose of it, fish oil. You have less incidences of, of depression. And so as someone who's struggled with depression in the past, like I have, I would have to say doing the work of the gratitude and the walks and the prayer, and then also eating a lot of seafood over the years instead of other foods, that has really changed my brain a lot in a lot of ways. I get up in the morning, you got to exercise. Like If you don't exercise, you're not going to feel great. We were meant to move. We were meant to get this the blood moving through our body. We get to the energy going through our body, the hormones, the dopamine, the serotonin. We, we we're meant to have all these great neurotransmitters flow from our exercise. So you're meant to exercise as well. And I do that. You got to sleep right, right? enough. So many people are not getting enough sleep. I often say you can't replace sleep with a double latte, right? You have to make sure you're getting more sleep. So I used to talk about health in the beginning of my career early on my first few years and then i realized it wasn't my calling but it's something i do a lot of research on and something I, I love to talk about because i know that gut health equals brain health and so that's essential as well gut health equals brain health you got to eat the foods that help feed your microbiome that allow your microbiome to thrive and when your microbiome is doing well your overall health does well and actually a lot of your serotonin and dopamine is produced by the bacteria in your gut and your microbiome so your gut actually influences your depression or your mood, your state, or, your, or hopefully your positive state has a big influence on that. So done a lot of research in that area, but best thing you can do every day for me is focus on the positive, feed the positive each morning, make sure you're doing it throughout the day, talk to yourself instead of listening to yourself. And then whenever you get down, it's about surrender. You got to surrender to a greater power, knowing that you are not in control. So you're not, talked about that earlier, you're not in control. You have to surrender to a greater power a greater control. And so on my own, I'm fearful, but with God, I'm faithful. I also know that my faith in God doesn't make life easier because life is still hard, but it makes me stronger Mm. with the ability to take on all the adversity, the challenges and the obstacles that come my way.
1: You're so right. And I think, I mean, I'm going to get into some of the things you said, but first and foremost, when people hear the word faith, they think it has to be religious. And to me, I'm a believer as well, but faith to me means believing in the unseen. So anybody can take in that word faith and um, apply it to their life, right? Because we all experience fear. We all experience adversity and faith is just believing that you are going to get through this tough time. Faith is believing that light will come. Faith is believing that even though you're not where you're at right now, it doesn't mean you can't get where you want to go, but just simply by believing and taking proper action, right? And I think one of the things that I tell people, especially when it comes to positivity, not everything in life is going to be positive, right? Like if you break your leg, that's not going to be positive. If you get into a car accident, it's not going to be positive. But in order to get through that adversity, your mindset and attitude about that has to be positive because what we feed grows. Right. And I just wanted to, for the listeners to understand that life is going to throw you curveballs. Life's going to throw you challenges. And I think part of winning the game of mindset, like John alluded to earlier, is being aware of your thoughts, practicing self awareness, and knowing that it's okay to feel down. It's okay to be stressed. It's okay to feel anxious. But where are you going to go from that? Where are you going to put your energy? And I think we live in a world where people put 95% of the energy into the problem and not the solution. And we focus on the problem, focus on the problem. We go down this rabbit hole of feeling sorry for ourselves and self-pity. And what that does is it pushes us further away from the very thing that we want, which is happiness, fulfillment, and gratitude. So one of the things that you, you said earlier was you talked about the importance of of, of feeding your thoughts and when thoughts come into you. And I think one of the things that is incredibly, you know, transformational these days is affirmations. So what is your viewpoint on affirmations and how can somebody like really take hold of these positive words, these positive affirmations and in- include it in their daily ritual to become better?
0: Well, the one thing about affirmations, it has to be rooted in truth. So if you're just saying an affirmation, but it's not rooted in truth, it's not going to do a whole lot. It's about speaking truth to the lies. And one thing I often say to people is that there is greatness inside of you. How do I know? Because God put that greatness in you. And you talked about earlier about not being religious. I'm not a religious person. I'm a very spiritual person, but I have a strong faith in God, the creator of the universe. And I am a follower of Jesus. Jesus wasn't a big fan of religion either And so it's about surrendering to the creator of the universe, understand that the creator has a plan for your life. The creator loves you. You are loved by God. You are created by God. And there's a purpose and a plan for you. And when you understand that, that's a lot of truth, that God loves me, that God's love for me does not depend on my performance. I don't have to do anything to earn that love and that I can surrender and allow God's love to move through me. And when you surrender, you become a conduit for the greater purpose, the greater love that wants to move through you. So there is this greater power that moves through you. We talk about addiction programs a lot. And when I think of a higher power, I think of addiction programs. People who struggle with addictions as from, from your background, people who have addictions, they know they can't do it on their own. This is why every addiction program has a higher power. Your will isn't strong enough. You need a greater power. To rely on, to surrender to, to help you through it, to give you the strength. Because on your own, you are not strong enough. You are weak. But with God's strength, with that higher power, you have a greater strength to overcome. So, knowing that, whatever religion you want to call, whatever you want to call God, we need a greater power to help us move through our challenges. I call that greater power Jesus. And I wasn't always a believer. I became a believer when I was 35 years old. And it changed my life, because before that, I was relying on my own power, and I didn't have the success I wanted, I didn't have the life I wanted, I didn't have the joy, the peace, the happiness that I wanted. And so when I came to surrender, that's when I found that greater power. So affirmations must be rooted in that power and in that truth. So you want to be great. Everybody wants to be great. I never had anyone say I want to be average, because deep down there is greatness within you, and you're here to do great things. The problem is we have these voices say, we're not great. You're not enough. And that is the battle of the mind and the soul, the battle of good versus evil, the evil that wants to keep you from your destiny and the God who created you for a purpose to take you towards your destiny. And when you understand this, and this is why every single movie resonates with us because it's a battle of good versus evil. Every major epic movie, Harry Potter, good versus evil. Wonder Woman, good versus evil. Black Panther, good versus evil. Superman, good versus evil. Why is that? Because that's the narrative of the universe. It's the fabric of our existence. That's the battle within our soul. And you win the battle by understanding this and by beating evil with good, with God, with your purpose, with love, with joy, with hope, with optimism. And I love what you said about positivity earlier, by the way. I've been having that conversation a lot with a lot of people because it's not about Pollyanna positive. It's not toxic positivity. It's okay to not be okay, but you don't want to stay there. You don't want to allow it to take you down a spiral staircase of depression and despair, which will happen. If you just let it go, you have to address it. You have to heal it. You have to understand why you're feeling that way. You have to feed yourself with real optimism, real faith, real words of encouragement. Like we're talking about truth. And when you do that, you walk in that truth. You walk in that power. Now it gives you a greater strength, a greater hope, and you move forward in that and you're able to overcome the adversity and challenges along the way because of that. So this positivity, this optimism, it's rooted in faith. It's it's actually called biblical optimism. Dr. David Jeremiah calls it that, which, which I love because it's not fake positivity. So it's not about ignoring reality. It's maintaining optimism and belief and faith to create a better reality going forward.
1: Spot on. And I'm glad you kind of reiterated that because I think a lot of people hear, be positive, be positive, be positive. And they correlate that to saying, well, my situation isn't positive. And they have to separate the two and say, you're right. Situation isn't positive. There's nothing good, like I said earlier, about breaking your leg. There's nothing good about getting into a car accident. There's nothing good about relapsing again on drugs. But the way you approach the situation and move through it, you have to be positive. Because being negative gets you. And being positive won't guarantee you success. There's no guarantees in life, but at least gives you a chance. And that's what I think is important, John. So last question for you is, there's a lot of people right now, they're stuck in a rut. There's people, maybe they have relapsed again on drugs. Maybe they just lost a job. Maybe they are somebody who just got out of a bad relationship and their mind is just so off, their body's off, their soul's off. What are some granular tactical tips you would give them to get the ball rolling? Not to necessarily completely transform themselves, because we all know it starts with, with something small, to get them off the couch, on, back onto their feet with the hope and faith needed that they're going to be able to change whatever they're trying to, to change.
0: Well, one tip from Dr. James Gills, the only person on the planet to complete six double Ironman triathlons, which means you do an Ironman. A day later, do another one. And the last time he did it, he was 59 years old. He was asked how he did it. He said, I've learned to talk to myself instead of listen to myself, which we've just been talking about. So instead of listening to those negative voices, the fear and the doubt, all the reasons why I can't finish this race, I can't do it, I'm not going to make it, you feed yourself with the words of encouragement and hope that you need to keep on moving forward. It's the number one strategy. It's what I recommend. I give you a million others, but if you start talking to yourself instead of listening to yourself, and again, you're not really listening to yourself. You listen to those voices that are coming in and you start speaking truth. I could do all great things through Christ who strengthens me. You know what? I didn't come here to be average. Let's go. I'm going to die one day. I don't want to live with regrets. I'm going to make the most of today. God, I know that you have a plan for my life. My simple one is God, use me for your purpose. Guide me towards my purpose. And whenever I get down, God, I trust in you. Yeah, this all sucks. Yes, I'm a little worried about the future. Yes, I don't like the way things are going, but I trust in you. And I put my trust in you. And in doing that, right, now I move forward with more hope, more optimism, more faith, rooted in the greatest strength of all, the greatest power of all. And now that power becomes a part of me. We just had a transfer of power in Mm -hmm. politics. Well- The greatest transfer of power actually happens when you give your power to the creator of the universe. So what happens is when you give your power and surrender, you then get a greater power in return, exponentially greater. So it favors you to actually surrender it to then get this greater power source that moves through you. But you have to transfer your power away from you first. When you transfer your power to the government, because we're actually supposed to be a, a, a government run by the people. I get worried that it seems more and more we're becoming like a government where we transfer to the government that equals control, where we're now being controlled. But I find when we give our power to God, it equals freedom. And so I am a big believer in freedom, and we are meant to be free spiritually. We're meant to be free as a society. We're meant to be free as citizens. It's what I love about America: is freedom. People haven't always haven't always been free. There is systemic racism where people have not been free. There are marginalized people who are marginalized and oppressed who haven't been free. So when I talk about freedom, I'm talking about every single component of freedom, of who we're meant to be and the freedom we're meant to enjoy and meant to to live with. And that should be available to every single person around the world, but it's available to all of us. Even when we're imprisoned in a prison like our friend, Damon West, you can still find the freedom in your soul and your mind to your faith.
1: Absolutely, man. And I couldn't have said all that better myself. And I really wanted to thank you for your time, that I know you're one of the busiest guys on the planet. And the masterclass you just provided on positivity, positive thinking, getting people to swing the pendulum from fear to faith, from negative to positive, from pessimism to optimism is something I think that the listeners is going to get a lot out of, especially now with people experiencing a lot of stress, a lot of uncertainty, a lot of fear. And wanted to, once again, thank you for coming on. So where can people find out more about you? I know you have a couple books that just came out, Relationship Grit with Your Wife and then Coffee Bean for Kids with our mutual friend, Damon West. Where else can people find out more about you?
0: And The Garden. I really want people to read The Garden. If I had to yes. pick one that they would read, it'd be that, don't tell my wife, but but The Garden because I, I just know that people are really hurting right now. They're yeah. dealing with a lot of fear, stress, and anxiety, as you said, and we really need to help them win the battle of their minds. And their soul. If they win the battle, they're going to help others win the battle. And that's why you do what you do, which I love what you do. It's why I do what I do, so we can help people win the battle. So then go to johngordon.com, J O N Gordon.com, or Twitter, Instagram at J O N Gordon 11.
1: Awesome. Well, John, it's once again been a pleasure. And for those listening, what I want you to do is go look at John's books and whatever one you feel resonates with you with where you're at right now, buy the book. And then what else you can do is screenshot this episode, share your favorite tip that John shared on positivity, tag John, tag myself. We'd love to hear from you. we love hearing feedback. And once again, thank you for listening to this episode of The Adversity Advantage. I'm your host, Doug Bobst. We'll see you next time.
0: Hey, thanks, Doug. Doug, I got to ask you in front of everyone, What's your next book? What are you working on?
1: I think the next book's going to be the Adversity Advantage. Boom. Oh, I love boom. it. I, I want to help people really use these the dark times in their life to become better. Because here's what I think, and here I know you love analogies. So to me, adversity is like a golf ball, and I think the way we respond sometimes we, by turning to drugs, alcohol, going down that downward spiral of negativity we talked about, or surrounding ourselves with the wrong people, that golf ball adversity becomes a bowling ball. Because of the way we've responded, now we've created a lot more problems. But if we can take that adversity, become self-aware and say, okay, how can I move forward? How can I focus on the solution? Maybe I can start working out to relieve the stress. Maybe I can find a mentor. Maybe I can start reading. Maybe I can start praying more. Meditating, that golf ball starts to dissipate over time. And then it strengthens our adversity muscle to get through it easier.
0: I love it. Thanks, Doug. That was awesome. Appreciate it. All
1: right, John. See you, man.
0: See you, brother.